Hello, welcome to the What the Fuckerongo podcast with me, Patariki, and today I'm joined by my brother, Ra. MMA Talk 2022, our first episode, and I thought we'd just do a quick episode from uh, yesterday's fight night card, Qatar versus Chikese. I'm joined with Rahidi, bro. How are you? Good, thanks, bro. Yeah, 2022, a new year. It felt like it flew by, but probably in the year 2021, it, it probably felt like it was a, a long time coming, 2022. Hopefully, it's a fresh start for everyone in the world. So this is the first episode that, well, I'm recording of 2022. I think this is your second day you did the Cricket Talk episode. No, uh, no, 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 man. We did the Hawkeye together. Oh, was that 2022? 2022. Oh, well, that was okay. the second episode. So Okay, my second episode. And yeah, we're doing a UFC fight night. Admittedly, this isn't exactly um, the biggest event that we're covering. But you know what? I watched the fight and I thought it was pretty good. So I didn't mind talking about it. Plus, um, I was thinking maybe we should preview um, the big UFC pay-per-view coming up too, UFC 270. I'm pretty pumped for that, if you are as well. I am pumped for that. Uh, we're about to see who's the baddest man on the planet uh, between the two French fighters. Uh, so it should be a good, good fight, good card. And like you said, Kata versus, is that Ginga or Giga? I think they say Giga. How, how would you pronounce it? Um, I'm no expert, but from what I heard from the broadcast, they um, pronounced it as Giga Chikese, the uh, Georgian Giga uh, kickboxer. Giga oh, Chikese. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. But they're not really big names, are they? But the fight was pretty good. Yeah, not really big names. I was just going to say as well, um, before we get to the fight, that if we have enough time to, we might get into our top three favorite fighters um, that we might, like, top three must-watch fighters at the moment in UFC. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. And I think a lot of people will pretty much listen to our episodes. So listen in all the way to the end, and then you get that treat. Yeah, definitely. We'll just... fighters. <laughs> For sure. We'll just go back and forth on that one. But yeah, uh, yesterday uh, was the Calvin Guitar versus Giga Chikese. And I didn't really have much expectation in this fight, but watching it, man, it was just like uh not really a spectacle but it was just something to watch eh? just seeing uh calvin Qatar come back from that devastating beating <laughs> from the best the best boxer in the ufc max holloway and i gotta say in that fight Qatar was the nail but in this fight he was the hammer bro he fucking took it to giga um fuck, what did you think yeah man uh you told me to watch this fight and so i did and I was impressed with Calvin. Like you said, he was the one that was getting absolutely smashed. He was the punching bag for Max Holloway. So obviously the world doesn't think much of Calvin during that time because Max is just on a whole new level, a whole different level, a level levels above him and absolutely destroyed him. And not only that, probably Max Holloway did one of the greatest moments ever in the history, if not the greatest moment in the history. And that, which is the um, the greatest boxer in the UFC, baby, and slipping punches and that without even looking at and doing those punches. So, like, you know, to be that guy that got absolutely hammered but gave someone that moment, man. Yeah. Obviously, the world probably didn't really watch this, but to to say to in reverse though, I was impressed. Uh, man, he the number five in the world proved why he is number five. 
and just the technical aspects. And the one that I really want to point out is the elbow strikes. Yeah, that was ridiculous, man. From the moment I think he landed one, uh, I think maybe a spinning back elbow in the second round or something like that. Second round, uh, yeah. yeah. And then he from that moment, and then I think like his elbow, which I love because his elbows were also tools that he used throughout the fight, and they were devastating it was to a devastating effect. And I love that moment. And then he made he pretty much it was reverse rolled and made. Ginga looked like an amateur, really. Kato was levels above, you know. Calvin was levels above, and it just shows you the the division at this stage where that where everyone is at. But yeah, I was impressed with Calvin, man. Uh, very impressed. So, what about you, man? What what's your analytical point in it? <laughs> well, yeah, um, I I gotta say that Max Holloway moment it was probably the best promo while a fight was happening <laughs> and it's and it sucks that uh calvin was on the uh, bad side of that because that's one of the most memorable moments in the cage and i gotta say his stock uh dropped after that obviously after being on that side of that performance but if you know this isn't exactly a big fight but after watching this man his stock rose in my eyes and i hope he gets um some appreciation because what he did here was just like an MMA clinic on a kickboxer. And you can tell that Giga Chikese, he had a bit of um, hype coming behind him in this fight. He defeated Cub Swanson and he defeated Edson Barboza, uh, both with uh, TKO finishes. So wow. you know, he was coming on a hype train. And this fight made me realize, you know, there are levels to this game. Edson Barboza and Cub Swanson, you know, they're, they're, they're high level fighters. And, you know, having victories like that is pretty good on your resume. But Calvin Qatar showed that um, a good game plan and a good, well-rounded skill set can overcome someone who is as technically gifted in kickboxing as Giga, man. In the first rounds, you can tell that Giga was throwing those hard and fast kicks that were lightning fast. Like, he is a good kickboxer. And then the moment he slipped, if you see that, fucking Calvin, he just rushed in with that body lock and took him to the ground. And the rest of that first round, Giga was on his back. Calvin was just coasting, body, um, you know, top control. And I think from then on, the momentum was just on his side. Like he just showed that, you know, he can just take take him down whenever he wants. And then for the rest of the fight, I can tell that Giga was a bit too, you know, a bit nervous throwing those wild kicks every now and then. And that gave Calvin the confidence to just keep coming forward. That relentless forward pressure just pop 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 with the jab constantly man and mixing it up with elbows calvin man i've never seen a guy just mixing in a punch in an elbow just so fluidly like it just didn't look like there was any effort between each of them and yeah that spinning that spinning elbow in the second oh man that was devastating he threw another one in the fifth too which was like damn mm. and when you see the end of the fight and you looked at giga's face you're just like yep that's what elbows does man like they just cut his face up to hell <laughs> it was crazy uh it was crazy too because he almost finished it in that fifth round too. Yep. Honestly, um, at the very end, yeah. Yeah, at the very end. So I, I was, uh, I was actually about, I was actually excited because I jumped out of my seat and I was like, oh, sh oh shit, he's gonna actually finish it, and it's go. Oh, and I was counting down, but he survived. You know, yep. I don't recommend that at all. But Calvin's one son of a bitch. He is <laughs> one strong son of a bitch. Like that guy can take punishment and we've seen it with the Max Holloway. I don't recommend it to anybody like being like having that type of tough mentality 
because you obviously you want to avoid avoid a uh, hit, but you know that that guy can take a hit to get into the pocket and to get into that danger zone and then deliver the blows himself as well. And that's what you saw too. He didn't back down. And I love Calvin's comeback. That I think this that was that's the biggest story is that after him getting destroyed, he came back. And, you know, usually people after getting destroyed like that don't come back the way that he performed uh, last last night. So, yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. It's just uh, it was every technical aspects. And like you said, that body lock, that was pretty much the beginning of the end for Gingo as well. And, yeah, it's um, levels to the shit, as we keep saying. There are levels to this shit. And I got to say that I loved um, Calvin's um, just stance switching. He just sort of like stalked Giga. And while he was stalking, stalking him with relentless pressure, he was just changing his stance and then constantly just throwing. Like he just was so like, he was able to just mix it up. Elbows, knees, strikes, just so unpredictable. And I got to say that I think he cemented his spot as just that guy outside the title picture at the moment. Like there's those guys that are at the very top, like the Max and the Alexander. But I think he solidified himself as maybe, you know, that litmus test of people who the, if they get past him, you know? The gatekeeper, as you say. The gatekeeper. The, gate, the gatekeeper <laughs> to the top five. To the top yeah. five. Because I believe, wait, how it goes, champion, uh, number one contender, two and three. Uh, two and three are even. I think these, like, we keep saying it, but these levels above, and you know that Alexander and Max are on that that championship level where everyone is trying to reach to because the, the other fighters got absolutely hammered. Yep. Uh, so that they're on the next tier, and Kato's on that next next tier. So I think the next fight for him will be, will have to be one of those two or three. Honestly, Brian Ortega, I want to see it. That would be interesting. And he's- It'll be interesting, right? He showed he's got um, a solid enough ground game to at least defend. I don't know, Brian Ortega's a beast on the ground of jiu-jitsu, but, you know, Calvin might have enough to, you know, just avoid that. So um, I think that might be an interesting fight. Yeah. And Keep I, it on the feet. Funny enough, he could potentially beat Ortega as well. Um, I think Ortega's Mexican heritage of, like, you know, about standing up and doing some, like, stand-up battles i think that might be his downfall as well calvin proved he's a good he's a good striker as well man so yeah calvin's quite um long for this division too so i think him and um ortega um have a similar height and reach so ortega and max you know usually have that um advantage but i think it might be interesting i gotta say too from this fired giga he in my respect you know it's one of those losing performances where you know a lot of guys can just quit because you just can't beaten down for five rounds but even in that last round man you could tell he reserved himself for that fifth round and he came out on fire he was throwing hard shots and the reason that calvin didn't finish him is because he was still a threat that entire fight he was still hitting calvin with some hard shots so that's why he wasn't finished man he's a tough son of a bitch and in that fifth round he he showed he showed a lot of heart which i respected yeah yeah I, i agree man um, that's that's how you make a name for yourself you know and and uh it's okay it's okay to not be in that same level you know people lose it's just got to get back to the gym work work hard and get back up there you know prove to everyone that you are on that same level uh, and it's a good stepping stone too because obviously 
you know, you know, if you could get past Calvin and he move on to the next, then potentially you could uh, verse Rodriguez and Otega. But oh my god, yeah, yeah Rodriguez versus um, Giga, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'd like to see too, that. Man. Yeah, 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 man. He is uh, he's a proven fighter. So yeah, so that guy was uh, that guy's in the in the division as well, which is crazy. Yeah. So. I think Geek is one of those um, striking specialists that if he can just close those holes in his ground game, he can be a threat. But he's still obviously just early in his MMA career because I think he was in glory kickboxing before this. So if he can just, you know, keep at it with um, just MMA, jiu-jitsu and wrestling, you know, he's never going to be, you know, a top level guy in that area. But, you know, if he can just be good enough to just focus on his um, striking, man, he can be a he can be something in the future. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, you know, it's it's the ground game that's really his his biggest flaw. So if he sharpens up, because as you as you as we all saw, his kickboxing is excellent. So that's good. Oh, for sure. So anyway, um, we'll move on to the uh, pay per view. Eh, UFC two seventy coming up. Yeah, sounds good, man. I like Sweet. it. This is uh UFC two seventy. Um, Ngannou versus Gain. It's uh in anaheim california and i think we'll just cover the two the two main events here because looking at the card i gotta say um I, I am a ufc fan but there's a lot of names that i just don't recognize so <laughs> i won't be able to give any any solid opinions so if you're happy with that we'll just go on straight to the co-main event eh? i am happy 100 percent happy with that man yeah definitely so that's the uh flyweight championship brandon moreno versus davidson's figueredo and this is the third fight between the two um the first fight was a draw the second was a submission win by brandon moreno and now this is the um the trilogy match man um what do you think is going to happen here it will be interesting uh just to, to really see uh moreno and figueredo if they uh improved at all uh <clears throat> but to me I ex oh, I don't expect, but I think Brandon will get the victory. We'll pull out the victory for this one again. I hope so, because obviously as a New Zealander, if uh, Kai Kata can um, Kai Kata France can uh, win his next win his next opponent, beat his next opponent, I um, must say, uh, he will he will definitely get the title shot after that. And Marino France too would be awesome so but um who knows man it could go either 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 way i don't think there's a there's a definite favorite for me in this flyweight title match so for example if we had a demetrius johnson obviously demetrius johnson would be like a no-brainer but we don't have it and nobody's really established themselves as that guy yet just yet so we'll find out man but i think marino will get the job done how about yourself? Yeah, I see Kai Kara is fighting in March. That's still quite a while away. Um, he's fighting Oscar Askarov, UFC Fight Night 205. Um, I'm hoping the timelines uh, work out here and he's able to get a title shot if he wins and then gets the yeah. winner out of this this fight. I actually just rewatched the uh, Moreno Figueredo fight too because it was on YouTube and I thought I'd just, you know, give it a rewatch just to uh, refresh yeah, nice. my memory because I didn't exactly watch it live actually. And um, it was it was interesting because 
obviously no one's established themselves as much as Demetrius Johnson did, or even Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo showed that he was a level above everybody else. But um, Brandon Moreno really, he really showed some dominance in that second fight. He was able to defend the takedown by Figueredo and just um, sweeped him easily. Um, he was really good at just keeping his distance through some awesome lead kicks and some great jabs. And the submission um, that he got was an aggressive body lock takedown, got the rear naked choke, um, fought for it. It was, you know, I think the path to victory that he showed in that second fight, I think he can do it again. Davidson, obviously, he could, you know, he could game plan for this, get, get a good defense for what happened in the second fight, and it could go differently. But I think that Brandon Moreno is the younger fighter. I think he's 28. He's he's just in his prime now. He seems to be getting better. And he seems like a great character too, man. I follow him on Instagram. He seems like a real nice guy. So I'm I'm pulling for him to win. And yeah, I, I think he'll get the job done. He just shows like a, just a more, I think just a, the younger guy, technical, more athletic. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's what I saw as well. And like I said, oh man, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting one just to see where everyone is at because it's been a while since they um they fought last as well now. So yeah. uh, I think the last time they fought was June. So last year, June twenty twenty one. So it's a long layoff. A long layoff. Uh, so we'll see who improved and who's ready to um be that number one dude yeah. really i think if moreno wins i i truly believe that it will be pretty much figueredo's uh, last shot at it so he will have to win this yeah yeah i'm looking at the um just davison figueredo he's uh 34 and for a flyweight that's really old um so if he if he loses this it's going to be hard for him to come back and you know, earn his way back to the title shot. So this might be his last chance. Yep. I think so too, man. I think so, so too. So yeah, um, after that, it's the main event between um, UFC champion Francis Ngannou versus the interim champion Cyril Gain. Uh, Cyril Gane or Cyril, Cyril Gain? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Because uh, obviously, if you're an American or something, you'd probably stay Gain. Yeah, it just feels um, weird saying gain. I guess it's like us uh, Kiwis just going gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. He's got but, that. He's got that uh, interim belt, which was just you know made out of thin air. The UFC just sort of conjured that up because you know Francis didn't want to play ball and just ask for a bit more money. And it feels like a bit of a an fu move to Francis putting this interim belt on him. And uh, I know it's the last fight on Francis's contract because. You know, he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid like a professional athlete. He wants to um, not have to go and to go and take a loan and uh, for his training camp, which is quite ridiculous. And he wants more That's freedom. It, yeah, it's for a for a guy who's a champion of the world having to take out a loan just to pay his coach. That's just crazy, man. And I don't know why the UFC are just being so stiff with him because he's a huge he's a superstar look at him he's got like the it factor i think he can just be a mega star if he keeps going on the run that he's going on at the moment mm -hmm. and, and i gotta say i'm rooting for him big time because i just want him to fucking do a big fu to the ufc win this fight and you know what he wants to do a boxing match with tyson fury and that's just gonna get him get him a huge payday so if he can pull that off fucking more power to him i'm with you man 
nothing against Gain, but I'm with Francis. I really want him to win because, like you said, it's a, it's a big FU to the USC. Not only that, if he decides to sign with Habib or, or, or his one, you know, to leave as a champion, that would be huge as well. But Dana White and the uh, USC will have to sit with him, have no choice if he if he wins. Yep, but I can guarantee you this, man. The USC is probably hoping that game wins it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> They've got all, like, they're praying that Cyril wins because that would be the easiest negotiating tactic for future heavyweight fights. Francis winning, man, that's just going to ruin their plans. And, yeah. you know, Francis knows his worth. He knows, you know, what other athletes are getting paid. And I respect that. And, yeah, I, I, I think if, if Francis wins, it could actually be important for the sport as well because we've got a guy here who's heavyweight champion and he knows his worth and he's fighting for his respect and most other fighters aren't doing that. So, I don't know. I think this fight is even bigger than the fight itself. I think it's a fight for fighters' rights in a, in a wee bit as well. Like, if he wins this... I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. I 100% agree to, with that uh, comment you just made. Yeah. Because it's, it's bigger than the sport like itself because he's not fighting for himself but he's fighting for the rights of other fighters and what they should be deserved as a yeah. champion you should be getting your dues because you fought you train so hard to get to the top and then you get to the top and you realize that it's not all cupcakes and rainbows yeah and and, and, and he deserves it man keys to victory actually Oh, oh, carry on. Sorry, you got another something else to say? I was just going to say, the disrespect he got from Dana Wyatt in that first Stipe lost left a real sour taste in his mouth because Dana completely shit on him. And then he comes back and beats Stipe, improved, and he just... I, I knew that was like a, a, a spiteful move to, da um, to Dana because, man, it's so crazy how the, the president of the UFC he doesn't promote fighters, man. He just completely shat on... Francis in that loss. But yeah, sorry, I'm a bit amped up. Yeah, you go with what you were saying. Uh, I, no, I agree. And hence why everybody looks at Dana White, especially if you're a true MMA fan and been around the USC scene for a long time, like ourselves. And we saw the way, oh uh, no, we see the way Dana White treats his fighters. And we've seen it for many years. So it's uh it's shit to have a president like that so he's really got to he's got to give more respect to the fighters you know yeah. they're the ones in there pretty much keeping his company alive yeah pretty much and uh, anyway the, uh, away from the contract disputes and fighter pay the technical like what's actually going to happen yeah. in this fight anyway what do you That's think it, man. <laughs> the keys to victory yep as you say francis obviously has power he has the most unbelievable power that I've ever seen in USC history. That guy touches you, you're going to sleep. And it's proven. It's proven time and time again. Alistair that guy just has to... <laughs> That was devastating, man. But you know, and not only that, we're just talking about Stipe. He improved his takedown defense as well. And he's, he's improved in the aspects of wrestling, like MMA as a whole. He knows he has the power. And... And that's, that's all you can ask for, really. If you have that power, that one hit a quitter that can end someone's life and take their soul, that's all you need, really. But you do, this is MMA, though. And that's what he, he realizes as well, is that he needs to improve in other areas, which he did. And now look at him. He's a champion. 
Uh, so for Cyril, though, again, he's got to do what he did, you know, uh, against um, all the opponents that he versed and against Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis has a, a massive power as well. But, man, he just used his all-round technical striking, like especially with the kicks and that. And this is what he has to nullify the nullify uh, France's uh, power somehow. And uh, the kicks is the key to victory for him or take him down. Like Cyril will have to take him down. He can't, I, 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 I don't truly believe that he can stand and, stand and bang with Francis. It's just, it's too much power to handle really. But if he does, he's got to use all the tools that he has. And I'm talking about in the striking aspects of legs, elbows, anything he can do. Um, yeah. What about yourself, man? Fuck, man. If Stipe can't take him down, does can Cyril? I just, I, I don't know if I can see it, eh? If, if Stipe couldn't do it. Francis is just on another level now, man. He's like a, he's like a video game character that's just maxed out his power. And now he's just like filling up the other stat bars. <laughs> it's like he had power all the way at the top. And now the other bars are coming up and it's just going to get to the point where he's just like fucking invincible. I think he's getting better. I hope that this time off and the feud with the UFC hasn't been a distraction and he's been able to improve since his last fight. I think he, I think he can because man, he's an incredible athlete and a smart athlete too. That Stipe fight showed it, man. He knew what he had to improve on and he did. And I watched the Cyril Gann fight versus Derek Lewis and Cyril is actually really impressive for a heavyweight man. He's so light on his feet, moves like a middleweight. He's got great foot movement. Man, he can just like get out of a shot. Like Derek Lewis just couldn't land that big punch on him. And I think with most heavyweights in the world, Cyril Gain will like just use his speed and footwork to just be able to dictate pace and win the fight. But I think Francis is just, I don't know. I think he's just like a once in a generation heavyweight. Like this guy just kind of has the whole package. And I don't think Cyril can get away with that with Francis, man. Francis, like once he... He's not going to get taken down. He's going to land that huge fucking shot that nobody can survive. And I think that, yeah, Francis is going to take it. Cyril, in my eyes, his only path to victory is if he can just stay elusive. He's he's pretty quick on his feet. And if he's able to just circle around the cage and just avoid the power by Francis, I don't think he can take Francis down. I think if he can just stay on his feet and move around and just outpoint him. A boring fight, I think. Cyril Gann's uh, path to victory for me is a boring fight just by points and but for francis i think it's just going to be a one-hitter quitter <laughs> like if he can just land that punch man it's just going to be in a, a highlight real knockout which i which i hope to see i agree uh cyril will definitely not get a knockout win or anything like that man it will be literally by decision and if i'm not mistaken the only time uh, francis ever lost or and his losses are only by decision he has never been knocked out or submitted. And it's because he, like you said, especially nowadays, like the statistics doesn't look good for Cyril because I think in the last five fights that France has done, all KO, every single one of them. TKO, KO, whatever, man. And uh, yeah, the path of victory is doesn't look good, but we're about to see, man, if he could pull off, in my eyes, an upset, really. Yep. But all it takes is Francis to land once and you will feel his power. If you feel his power, 
And that's if your lights are still on because all it takes is one. But if he connects, you're going to be staggering everywhere in the octagon. So it's a matter of time, really. Can he stay elusive? We're about to find out. Is this cardio any good? And I'm talking about Cyril. Yeah, we'll find out. I'm just looking at um, Francis's record at the moment and how the fuck are the UFC not paying him all the money? Like, put everything behind him, man. He has not a TKO punches uh, victory over Curtis Blades, run one. KO victory over Cain Velasquez, run one. TKO victory over Junior Dos Santos, run one. <laughs> KO win over Jazinho Rosenstrick round one and then round two KO over Stipe like holy shit man that's a highlight that's a walking highlight reel that guy wait 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 wait. so you're telling me that that's the list that he KO'd and you're telling me that he's not getting paid is that <laughs> what you're really telling me yeah apparently <laughs> he's not getting paid it's crazy that resume is ridiculous it's a ridiculous resume you telling me that Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos and Stipe are all on that list? I think that's the best heavyweight resume. Is there a better heavyweight resume? That's that's so incredible, eh? That's it's impressive. It's crazy. I, I hope Francis wins, man. I'm looking forward to this fight. It's gonna be a gonna be a great, great main event this one. I think the best one is is that if Francis knocks him out, does a walkaway knockout, and just walks out of the octagon. <laughs> takes the championship belt, walks out, knowing that this is his last fight, potentially, unless you pay him. I don't know what his contract is, because I did see somewhere that if you're still champion, you have to do at least one more fight in the UFC. So even though it's his last fight on the contract, he can't just go as a champion, which doesn't make sense. Like, once your contract's finished, you should be able to go wherever you want to go. But man, I would love to see him in an exhibition fight with Tyson Fury, them with their belts on the press conference stand. He's got the UFC belt on his side. Tyson's got all those um, those boxing belts on his side. And I know that Tyson Fury will probably light him up because honestly, it's a boxing match. He's going to fuck him up. But uh, uh, it's going to be a spectacle to see. And knowing that Francis is going to get a huge payday, I'll be so happy for him anyway. So That's exactly right, man. And Tyson Fury, to even say that as well, just uh, really put a smile on my dial, man because you know that France is going to get paid. You know the world's going to watch. I'm, I'll be intrigued because didn't he say that he'll fight uh, Francis with the USC gloves as well? I'm he positive think, he said that. I think I saw that too, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, and if, if he did, damn, that would be even more of a spectacle. But if it's a boxing match, yeah, Tyson Fury, man, he is, he is awesome. But you never know with that power, man. With that power, you know, that uh, bloody Cameroon power that's uh, like, geez, that, like you said, that, that, like, like you said, it's like a video game and the stats are like 100. Like you fill the stats. That's how much power that that guy has. Yeah. And you just said it, the resume proves it. Yeah, bring it on, man. UFC 270. It's uh, this weekend on uh, January 22nd. Yeah, so it's a Sunday for us, so it'll actually be the 23rd. 23rd, uh, can't, yeah. Can't this wait. This week? Yep. Excellent. So, I can't wait, too. That'll be the first pay-per-view of the year, and I can't wait uh, to talk about it. Hopefully, we get the whole Fano in to um, review that card. For sure, man. And 
yeah, like we said, no disrespect, no disrespect to Cyril, but yeah, I think we're on the Francis bandwagon on that. Like, uh, yeah, fighters pay, man. You know, fighting for the fighters. Yep. Let's go. So, if we still got some more time, man, do you want to go through some of uh, your must, your must-watch fighters that are uh, your must-watch active fighters in the UFC? Active fighters, I like that. Uh, yep. Top three. Yeah, just um, not yeah. necessarily in any order. No. Just just it, any yeah. three fighters that man. Any three one, fighters. If they're on a card, you have to watch it. Well, uh, in no particular order. First one, Max Holloway. Yep. <laughs> uh, there's no if no buts for me, man. <clears throat> he's he's much a, a must watch fighter, and of any fights that he's on, I'm definitely watching it. Uh, so, for me, man, Max Holloway and. What can I say? I can't really say too much because the world should know who he is. He's the greatest UFC boxer of all time, baby. <laughs> I, I love that guy, man. And I, he's a guy that after he lost his championship, he could have went on the decline like every other guy, but he's still in there, man. He's still a contender and he can win that belt back. It's so close between him and Alexander. It, it could go either way. And it sucks that he got injured. I don't know what his injury was. It, um, apparently he might be out for a while, so... Man, that's so unfortunate that he wasn't able to get that, that trilogy fight. That is unfortunate. How about yourself, man? What's uh, what's one one like? What's your what's your one? I just want to say this guy in case you say him. <laughs> so I want to get him out of the way. And uh, my pretty much he might be my number one must-watch fighter, and that's just Justin Gaethje, man. The highlight Gaethje. I just I love watching that guy. Um, I just know that any fight he's in, it's gonna be a an incredible, entertaining fight. And not only is it entertaining in the fact that he dishes out the damage and he takes it, but his technical skill lately has just improved tremendously as well. And just seeing him improve, but also still have that just relentless pressure and just grit to just do a dogfight. It's just a perfect combination of, a, of an MMA fighter. Just, <laughs> he's, he's just technical and he's a brawler, man. And um, what camp is he with? He's with that, um, oh, Trevor Whitman, that's it. Yeah, he's with uh, Trevor Whitman, who also coaches, um, I think, Rose Namajunas and Kamaru Usman. So that's that's a pretty um, formidable team right there. And yeah, Justin the Highlight Gaethje. Um, yeah, not necessarily um, the best fighter maybe at the moment, but he's always the must. He's always must watch, man. I I, I got to see him, and I just um he might have the most devastating lead kicks I've ever seen because every time I see him fight, I'm just like, fuck that guy ain't walking tomorrow, <laughs> whoever he's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> no, well said, brother. Well said. What do you think about Justin? Oh man, highlight is the highlight. His name says it all, and you're you're on the money, man. Like he's definitely a must-watch fighter. Um, he's box office and just entertaining. You know, he always brings out the entertainment in the fights. So, man, I'm with you 100 percent on that one. Yep. Uh, number two. Number who's two. your second? Well, who, who, who's and no particular order, obviously, but yeah. Who's your, who's your, who's the second fighter uh, number two on your list? Okay, I, I just love this guy. He's so yeah. These are just my personal favorite must-watch fighters. And for me, man, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. I um every time he's fighting, I just want to watch him fight because even in a losing effort, 
I'm always on the edge of my seat going, can he do it? Can, like, he can be in a fight, like with Cyril Gann, where Cyril is just beating the crap out of him. And in so many fights, man, Derek Lewis looks like he's on the edge of defeat. And then he just throws that, boom, that one hit, and just completely knocks out his opponent. So um, every fight that he's in, a, I'm just like, I'm just praying that he's just going to land that one punch. Unfortunately, he didn't do it, do it with um Cyril Gann. But he, um, fuck, who was the... um huge russian guy was he russian that he fought it's one of the best comebacks i've seen that was against alexander volkov that's it ufc 229 yeah so he, he fought alexander volkov and that's a russian fighter and from what i see here in the third round like he was getting his ass beat for the entire fight and then on in the third round at four minutes and 49 seconds, <laughs> fucking Derek Lewis just KOs Alexander Volkov. And it's just like one of the craziest, like, come from behind victories I've seen. Yeah, awesome, man. I love that one. The Black Beast is always entertaining to watch, man. Oh, and his personality, post-fight um, <laughs> interview too. I love that shit. <laughs> Instagram, even Instagram, man. I love it. Uh, he's my instagram inspiration what he posts man it's so hilarious it, it's like it, <laughs> it's perfect yeah such an entertainer as well man yeah nothing but respect with that that pick those two were definitely on my list but my second well a fighter like you said it's a personal personally that i watch is uh my one is dominic cruz yep. since he's still an active fighter man the dominator been watching him for many years. Injuries took a toll on him, but he's back, and that's that's the one guy that I definitely watch. Uh, and, and which makes it even better that he's on the prelim, so I do get to watch him free. So how how good is that at the moment? You know, he's kind of like the main event for the prelims. So I'm kind of happy that uh, yeah, you know, it is free free TV to watch the Dominator perform. His footwork. He's the originator of footwork, man. He, he, he is that guy. So all the other people that do their footwork, nah, man. The originator is definitely dominator. So, yeah, that's my second, second fighter, man, second pick. Yeah. Who, I, uh, must, must watch fighter. I love the dominator too, man. That guy's, he's like uh, an active legend because he's like a, he's Hall of Fame. Legend. He's Hall of Fame worthy already, but he's Regardless. still, yeah, he's the man. And in my opinion, still the greatest bantamweight champion of all time. Yeah, no, can't argue that. His resume yeah. um, speaks for itself. Just, I think like Cain Velasquez, just injuries kind of plagued his career and he didn't reach the potential that he has. Like if it wasn't yeah, for injuries, he could, have, right. he could have like, yeah, reached a higher potential, his higher potential. But then also that joke, you know, uh, sea level, sea level Cain Velasquez. He, he was a beast. C-Level <laughs> Kane was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> Motivated yeah. BJP. C-Level yeah, yeah, <laughs> <C> Kane. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. That's it. And number three. Number three, man. I might start the number three one, man. Yep. Hey, I'm going to have to go with a fellow Kiwi. And at the moment, uh, you know, it's uh, he's from... He's from City Kickboxing, as we all know. And... No, guys, it's not Dan Hooker. It's not Izzy. Kaikata France. For me, must-watch fighter. I just love the way he's going about things now and change his whole style, you know, change his whole mindset. And I love it. And Kaikata France, you know, doing us proud at the moment. So close to that title. 
uh, you he can almost reach it. One more fight, and he's back in the title title shot round. So yeah, Kai Kata front for me, man. Uh, how about yourself? Oh man, Kai Kata's the man, and after that victory over Cody, it's oh, I, I just want to see him with that belt. I can see it, man. Two Kiwi champions. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Can't wait. That's it. I had to put a felt like Kiwi in there. Had to. Yeah. Uh, your number three, man. So now my, my number three, I was trying to think of a fighter that I, it's like a must watch for me. And I thought, well, I'll pick a female fighter too, just to mix it up. And I think oh, nice. um, yeah. it's, it's good. Un- undeniable who the number one pound for pound female fighter is now, especially with Amanda Nunez's uh, recent loss. I think it's just Valentina Shevchenko, man. I love watching her fight. She's, she is the bullet. She is just brutal. Um, she delivers just the most, <laughs> the, the most devastating and shocking KOs, but she can also deliver the most tactical and dominant game plan um, imaginable. She's sort of like, I don't know, her last fight kind of reminded me of like a female GSP, how she was, you know, just dominate the fight in every area, in every area and not be at risk at all. And um, she's got a great personality. Um, yeah, she's just amazing. I've got to watch every Valentina fight. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. Uh, to be honest, your t- your your three, I would definitely watch them as well. Like for me, if we if we were actually going like top ten or top six, those those three will be right in there, like as a must watch, uh, must see TV. Um, but yeah, so your your picks are pretty much the fighters that I would watch as well. And here's a, here's a question for you: Should Valentina? Go up and verse Juliana Pina for the bantamweight title. <laughs> what do you reckon? She she can and she can win because I don't know if every any if everybody fucking forgot, but man, Valentina had a close fight with Amanda Nunes years yeah. ago, and that was before yeah. Valentina has improved with her um, skill. So she's far better than she was when she lost to Amanda, and I think she could. She has the potential to be a champ champ if she fights. Well, actually, if she fights Amanda or Juliana, she could. She could I think so. Either of I them. I think so. I think Amanda needs the respect, though. Come on. She's a long reigning champ, a double champ. She deserves that immediate rematch. So it would be a bit of a yep. slight against her if they gave it to Valentina. But if they can't, man, I wouldn't hate Valentina getting a shot. That'd be awesome. I agree with you, man. And not only that, in my eyes, even though Amanda lost, she's the greatest woman fighter of all time at this stage. Yeah. At this stage, in the point of career, Amanda Nunes, in my eyes, is the goat of women. Yep. Any woman division, she's the goat. Just, just her resume speaks alone, but just the way she dominated for so long. Yep. And eventually, all, all top athletes, you know, they, they have their falls, you know. And uh, it was it was hers. But in saying that, though, she could come back and uh, win. You know, she could. And one loss doesn't take away everything that she's done. She's got a win over Cyborg, a win over Rousey, a win over Holly Holm, and a win over Valentina. So I agree. Yeah, she's the goat of the women's division. But at the moment, man, must watch for me, Valentina. If she's on any card, I got to watch that. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well said, brother. Well said. 
Awesome, man. Well, I think that was a pretty good episode. I uh, enjoyed uh, listing off our favorite fighters. Hopefully next time we could have Hunia and I wouldn't mind maybe listing off our favorite fighters of all time because, man, we've been watching UFC for a long time and there's some guys 10 years back that I miss watching watching their fights. I agree, man. And with Hoons back on uh, the next time, we will definitely do that. Our five favorite fighters of all time. Uh, it's not must watch or must see TV. It's actually just purely five favorite fighters from number five to number one, like our last one. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Hoons getting back on this podcast. It should be great, bro. It should be great. Thank you guys for listening to WTW What the Fuck podcast. It's been enjoyable to have you guys along in this journey with us. So follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. And you know what? More importantly, follow us on Spotify and click on that bell so you get the notifications when our next podcast are out. Until then, see you on the next podcast. Later. Later.